Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. This is normally the part of the show where Matt whines. <laughs> hey, no whines from me today. We got ourselves a dub last night. Why did uh, Luke hit a basket? What did he do? <laughs> Oh, I'm talking about the Nindy Lions. And we got, and it's another game day for Bucknell women's basketball tonight against Navy for the Patriot League semis. It, it's it's good. There's no complaints right. today. I mean, because normally uh, they, the only rejoicing you take in is actually in someone's demise. I mean, you're not usually happy <laughs> about somebody winning. Oh, ben Simmons comes back to town tonight, goes back to Philly tonight. He'll get deservedly booed and chastised, and then we'll move on. Because he, like in, like the coward he is, is going to sit out tonight because he's still dealing with quote-unquote back problems. And whatever, we'll move on. Yeah, but why, don't you, why aren't you happy, for example, that you've got James Harden out of his time? I am. I'm just, I, I'll, just, I'll why, just be then, laughing at the why, Nets while I watch James why, Harden duke it out on him. Then why are you booing him? I mean, he, he, he netted you James Harden. Cause you still have to acknowledge how you're, ugly this you're, was. You're con- you're confused by this. <laughs> you're confused. <laughs> you don't know what to say. <laughs> oh, you know, I mean, because of him, you have James Harden. In a way, yes, but no, you should thank him. Uh, earlier today, Michigan was all over Indiana by 15 points. Uh, in fact, I think it was 17, 17-point 17 lead. And Indi- Indiana came back and won. The reason is quite simple. We talk about how Penn State's hit some droughts, and sometimes they'll get in those two-and-a-half to four-minute droughts, and it's frustrating as heck you know, to see it happen. Michigan went without a field goal for 11 minutes in the second half in the second half Michigan had 10 turnovers 19 fouls and 8 baskets wow Iowa by the way is going to win big I mean they're up like 64-31 at halftime uh, over Northwestern so I mean Iowa can start playing the backups Probably at the at the twelve minute mark, just to save them for tomorrow. Uh, TCU beat Texas today. Now, the one thing I didn't see, the one thing I did not see, uh, was um, the one thing I did not see, see. Providence won today. I didn't see that. They beat Butler, and uh, they beat Butler by four. Now, what's the significance of beating Butler by four? Providence is now 11-2 and two in games decided by five points or less. How about that? 11-2 and two in games decided by five points or less. 
That really is a remarkable number. Most teams, most coaches, believe it or not, I always think I, I always get a kick out of people who think only their coach loses close games. I always get a kick out of that. Yeah, you try to be very polite, very patient. Like, uh huh, yeah, uh huh, yeah. He can't. Look, he can't in a close game. Yeah, and almost every game, including Coach K. Coach K is like right around five hundred in games decided by five points or less. Now, what makes Coach K Coach K? He always has great and awesome talent, and the vast majority of his games. They are winning by margins. They are in games decided by five points or less. Okay? <laughs> That's the reason why the really good teams are not in close games. Now, Providence is very good. There's no getting around. They're very good. But they're 11 and 2 in games decided by five or less. I mean, that's a combination of good job with coaching, good job with players reacting in situations. And let's face it, you know, I mean, you hate to bring it up, but there's a luck factor to it as well. I mean, when you're 11-2, you got to get a little bit of luck that swings your way. A bounce that goes away, a deflection that goes your way, a call that goes your way. Uh, I haven't really talked much about last night's game. I will say that the third unit on the floor really struggled last night. <laughs> it's like, holy mackerel. Mike and I had a little little conversation about that here at the hotel last night. Um, and I said, well, it's probably something Matt will complain about. He goes, yeah, I know. He says, Matt complains all the time. I said, yeah, I know it does. <laughs> it's, 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 some people end up getting a rep. <laughs> it's, it's just been an ongoing problem at this point I all mean, across I mean, college basketball. Hey, I mean, James, damn, James, same thing. James is, yeah, he complains a lot. Then I said, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's I mean, the coaches at least know you. You know, you've developed a rep. So if they, if Bucknell women went tonight, might we get Kelly on Friday? I will definitely effort that with all costs, and I can't imagine okay. she would not say not that. Not all costs. I mean, for goodness sakes. I yeah. mean, I mean, you say that, and the suit thinks there's going to be a monetary exchange. I mean, it's like, and you know how freaked out he gets over that. F-O-U-L-E-D, that spells foul. Now, I did text him when we were coming into land that we were flying over the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Oh, very nice. Right? I did text him. Right. And, uh a lot of dead grass, uh, but that's okay. Uh, <laughs> it's winter time still, uh, and he says it's on his bucket list. I think he's always been envious of the fact that I've walked on the track. So uh, there's that. Now today, guess where shooter I was today? It wasn't at the Normally. Speedway, was it? No, no, it wasn't at the Speedway. It wasn't in a parking lot. No, it was uh, at Hinkle Fieldhouse, home of where they made the movie Hoosiers. Ah, all right. That's a good spot to go to. Well, Micah was the assistant coach at Butler when they went to the uh, national championship right. game twice. So, I mean, a couple phone calls, and we're in. Now, they said to me, said, have you ever been in the place before? I said, yeah, I did a game in there in 1992. So it was the first time in 30 years I'd been in there. And, you know, of course, that's where. And, and, and Bob, Jimmy Chitwood in the movie is Bobby Plump. Okay. 
Bobby Plump is the one who hit the game-winning shot from Milan, and not Hickory. They had to they had to change some stuff around because the movie Bobby Plump will tell you that the shot and the sequence of the shot in the movie is to the the complete detail of how it how it played. He said that's as accurate as accurate gets. He said a vast majority of the movie he says is not accurate. He said all the stuff about, you know, the conflict in town and things like that. He says, we're mostly like, hey, you know, it's like, yeah, you get mad at somebody. He says, two minutes later, you're like, okay, cool. (laughs) He said, that's the way it was when we grew up. Bobby Plump grew up in a town called Pierceville, which, uh, and Pierceville is a town when he was growing up of 61. Right? Now, Milan when he was a junior, actually advanced to the state semifinals and lost. So they were they were pretty good. Uh, and in 1954, they won it. The team they beat in the semifinals, right? The team they beat in the semifinals, their best player, and it was for, the team they beat in the semifinals was uh, Actus, which uh, we just it's just down the street here. Um, went past it uh, this afternoon was Actus in the semifinals. And when they beat them, the best player on Actus was a guy named Oscar Robertson. Yeah, that Oscar Robertson. The first man ever to average a triple-double in the history of the NBA, uh, long before Russell Westbrook ever did. Um, And Plump... Is played okay. Jimmy Chitwood in the movie, uh, and Plump was a great player in high school. Well, Butler got him to go to school here. Well, going to school here at Butler, Plump was two-time All-Conference, two-time Butler MVP, a fourteen hundred plus point scorer here at Butler who averaged over 16 a game here for his career and averaged uh, almost 20 a game his senior year. Plump was a good college player. Now when it came time to go to the NBA now this is 1958 now right? he comes out in 58 he played for a team called Phillips 66 right? You know, why not go to the NBA? Because Phillips 66 offered him $6,000. The NBA offered him $4,000. Now, what choice are you going to make? He's been—he's still alive, by the way. He's 85 now, selling insurance. Never got out of the insurance business. But for those who watch the movie Hoosiers, that's who that is, Bobby Plump. So, from not Hickory, but Milan High School. And by the way, the first ever state championship game that was hosted inside Hinkle Fieldhouse was 1928 right when it first opened. Okay. In that game, a guy missed a free throw at the end of the game that was critical. Right. And he always referred to it over and over and over again about, yeah, yeah, I missed that free throw, I missed that free throw. You know who that person was? First state championship game in here. Know who that person was? John Wooden. It's getting to the point now in my career where I have to explain who John Wooden is. Won 10 national championships at UCLA. 
like Kareem, Bill Walton. So that's yeah, a little history. That's that's where they practice today. But you know, it's, you know, Mike Green's on the staff. Mike Green played for Butler. And I said, I said, I said, I, you keep telling me this is the house that Mike Green built. They said, I've walked around. Look like there's some guys played before you. <laughs> I had to kid Mike today. Had to. All right, game last night, first half, uh, offensively frustrating. Uh, They shot, what, 29% in the first half, scored only 24 points. Uh, That's three points better than what they scored against Rutgers in the first half on Saturday. But then in the second half, they shot 59. You know, the movement was great, getting open shots, getting to the spots they needed to, because they actually, believe it or not, slowed down a little bit. They played a little too fast in the first half. And when you're playing a little too fast sometimes, it tightens the floor up because it doesn't give guys a chance to move in space and give give openings. And Minnesota did something I have not seen. They played their five guys every minute last night, except for Eric Curry, who played 39-15, and E.J. Stevens came in and played 45 seconds. That was it. And they tried to get Stevens in the game, and Stevens had migraines, and you just tell it going up and down the floor, he like he asked to come out. He has to come out. But, I mean, they ran him out of gas. I mean, they ran them out of gas. Like watching the, watching the suit walk back and forth to the studio after the fourth time. I mean, it's just, you know. Get the lingerie on the deck. Call the janitor. I mean, you might as well be playing the theme to Chariots of Fire. Uh, it's all right. We'll come back with more in a moment as we continue here on News Radio 1070 W. Jim, early in the first half, there appeared to be a play where a buddy caught a Florida State player in the midsection. And I saw the play. The kid pushed him twice, and he swung around and hit him. And I think it was inadvertent, but that's okay. I, I just watched the play. And I just, just, he just swung around, and it was contact. The kid pushed him twice. You can't just let people push you around. When you go front right. It wasn't much of a, it wasn't a, it was like. Coach, I'm watching it right here. It's on ESPN and it's being shared all over social media. He punched him in his stomach. It wasn't inadvertent. It would have been a Whatever you say. Whatever you say. Well, good. You say it. I just gave you my version of what I saw. Okay. Okay. We go to our next question. Back Can we disagree? Here. Well, that was yesterday. Buddy Beheim did not play today, and Duke did win. So that's the last game of Buddy Beheim's career was yesterday against Florida State. Um, you know, there. I got, I got what Buddy Beheim did was wrong. I got it. Okay, but like. It should have been up to the officials at that point during the game if they wanted to go flagrant two and things like that. It was just poorly officiated. Let's start with that. Jim Beheim's wrong, by the way. I mean, he hit him. I mean, there's no getting around it. I mean, I know it's his son, so I've got that. This is not him just talking about a player. He's talking about his, his son here. That, that by the way, uh, plays a role, I think, in his answer. Um, but, yeah. Uh, but he didn't play today. And they did lose, but they were—they also were the were the underdog going into the game too. I mean, so Duke won, and Duke advances. Uh, North Carolina plays Virginia Tech tonight. Uh, also today, Florida lost to Texas A&M in overtime, eighty to seventy-seven. 
So that's been, and also TCU beat Texas today, knocked them out. Michigan had a 17-point lead and lost. Now, normally Indiana has not played well in this tournament. You would think that with this tournament, this is the 16th time that this tournament has been in Indianapolis. And Indiana's never won it. Think about that. They've never won it. And today it looked like they were in trouble again. And... uh, they got out of it. Trace Jackson Davis got hot. They hit some shots, and they and Michigan was 11 minutes without a point in the game. Well, it's a fun time of the year. By the way, coaches' show is tonight. It will take place. Uh, Brian Triple hosted tonight. Kale Sanderson will be the guest. Can somebody explain to me why Drew Drew Hildebrand is a 16 seed? Now, I know at the Big Ten it wasn't the best tournament on the planet for him, but why is Drew Hildebrand a 16th seed? He's going to wrestle a kid from Lehigh. If he wins, he gets Nick Soriano the number one seed. Really? That's interesting. Again, we keep going back to what do I talk about all the time? What is sports missing more than ever these days? People who have a feel for the sport or have a feel for the game over and over again. And I'm telling you, people who are into numbers, numbers, numbers hate when I say that. And you want to know why they hate when when I say that? Because they don't have a feel for the game. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. All right, hey, baseball, uh, a tentative agreement has been reached between the players and the owners that will put an end to the 99-day lockout. Terms of the agreement are, I don't care. Uh, you know, it's just a bunch of mumbo-jumbo that means nothing to anybody. Uh, it's all about money, blah, blah, I got it. Luxury taxes up, the whole thing, whatever. They've agreed to it, and they think, they say they're going to play a 162-game schedule. All right, uh, coach's show tonight will be 6.05 to 7. Brian Triple hosted tonight. Kale Sanderson is the guest. Penn State basketball tonight at 9. Uh, airtime 8.30 as the Nittany Lions take on Ohio State. And from SI.com joining us now is Mark Woganrich. Hello, sir. Welcome. Thank you, Steve. Was there a salary cap in baseball? If that's still, still not the lu- involved, then okay. <laughs> nah, it's a luxury tax. Uh, okay. I'll give, I'll, give, I'll give credit, though, on the luxury tax. Since they put it in in 2001, 13 different teams have won the World Series and 19 different teams have gone to the World Series. So maybe there's something to it. Maybe, yeah. yeah. Still maybe. the $200 million payroll, I guess, though, right? Yeah, I think they want to take it to 230 or something like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, last I checked, SI.com doesn't have a $200 million payroll. So. <laughs> what that they did. Wogenrich <laughs> not holding out. No, I'll take that. Thank you. No. <laughs> no there's no holdout whatsoever. Uh, last, uh, I don't know how much of last night's game you caught. Uh, along the way, uh, but just uh, whatever you did catch last night, what were your general impressions of it? I can say, I, you know, I covered a lot of high school basketball in my day. I don't even remember a high school team playing 
five players the way Minnesota did for essentially that entire game. What um, yeah. I think they substituted for 50 seconds, and understandably, situationally, um, that was the thing that they had to do. But as I'm watching this, I'm going, this would be a real, real gut punching sting if Penn State could not beat a team of five players. And, and then that's how they, they finished off their season. So kudos and credit to them for overcoming, a, you know, yet another kind of iffy shooting starts thing. And then with their defense, um, I don't know, we shoot 32% in the first half and you're still down by four. At that point, you figure, yeah, we're in a game. You know, there's no question. And, and yeah, do what they do. Jalen Pickett hit that nice run in the second half and other guys got hot and you got the win. And I thought that was... I thought that was a big win for them in the sense that I, I don't see, like, the big to turn and be, tournament being them at this point, like, house money. You, I think they really wanted to get that first one because you don't want – like I said, I don't think they want that sting of going out losing – I believe it would have been five of the last six had they lost last night, last night particularly to lose right. in that game. At this point now, then you put yourself in a position – look, they played Ohio State twice, played them close, really close the last time back in January-ish. I'm getting the dates right. That five-point loss yeah, it was in January, Columbus. January yeah. 16th, yep. yep. And, and and Ohio State is, is kind of lumbering into this tournament too. Now I think you're playing – I think you could, you know, tonight I think Penn State, about any team that's out there uh, can play with that devil may care kind of attitude and just really go for broke at it. Yeah, and that's uh, it, it, tonight will be the first time Penn State's played Ohio State with everybody. When they played yeah. them the mm-hmm. first time, they had no Greg Lee. When they played them the second time, they didn't yeah. have Seth Lundy. So yep. Penn State actually is going to be the team with everybody tonight. Ohio State won't. They won't have Kyle Young tonight. He's not going to be able to play, it looks like. Uh, Zed Key probably can play. Yeah. He played a little mm-hmm. bit against Michigan. But Ohio State goes to Illinois and wins big. I mean, not wins big, wins. Great win. Mm-hmm. Well, they got it made now. And they go to Maryland. Lose. Then they come back home. Nebraska. Lose. Michigan right. at home. <laughs> Lose. Michigan, yeah. going. I mean, this is after you think you've got it made after you win yeah. in Illinois. That's, it's, this, that's how crazy this is, Mark. Yeah, and, and then, to, I just, you know, having looked back at the box of that the Ohio State game last time, that's kind of a, the functional game that Penn State's probably going to want to try to play again today. And I assume Ohio State's going to be reasonably comfortable in there because neither team really does that. I forget what the stat is called, but it's what, you know, uh, possession time. Neither one yes. is, you know. Right. Yeah. Neither, neither team is an eight-second possession group, you know. These are not running gunners. So if they get comfortable – in each other's game, in each other's wheelhouse game plan, maybe that would benefit Ohio State because they'll be fresher, and you know, uh, and having the, the you know not having had to play last night. But like I said, I you know I don't think I don't think Micah Shrewsbury was really thrilled with the way they played in Columbus the last time, and I think he's probably looking forward to this one a little bit. And he I think he said it at the, you know after the game or maybe the, a day later. It's like I hope we get him a third time, and they got it. No, it, in terms of the bracket, you know, I always look at the bracket and I'll yeah. say, okay, you know, you know, oh boy, this didn't go right. If they win the game, this is who they got next. Well, I looked at the bracket. Number one, I thought Minnesota was a better matchup for them than Nebraska. And then I looked at the next one. I said, well, to be honest with you, Ohio State's a better matchup than what they would have had it uh, compared to somebody else. Uh, so, I mean, mm-hmm. the matchup's there. So, pace, you're talking about pace. Penn State's average possession length is 20.4 seconds. 
Okay, it's a 30-second shot clock. Right. They're 355th in the nation in pace. Ohio State is 311th. <laughs> All right. Yeah, and they're around, so, what, 19, 18 seconds or something like that? Yeah, they're, they're you know, 19 seconds. Not far seconds. behind. It's not like they're running it any quicker. So. Hey, see, but that's good for Penn State. And yeah. the reason is when you play last night, the slower the pay. You don't want to get into exactly, a team like yeah. You're playing point. Michigan State. You're sprinting up and down the floor. They can run you out of gas. They're going to play this game at a pace where it's going to be about shots. In other words, the key for Penn State tonight, okay, when you look at Ohio State, no free throws, no threes. Now, you're going to mm-hmm. give up some free throws and some threes. In fact, I think E.J. Liddell has 20 free throw attempts against Penn State this season. That's a big number. <laughs> That's a big number. Yeah. <laughs> and with Pickett, you know, Jalen Pickett playing 40 last night, I mean, he's done that before. Um, not new, but I don't think he's come turned around 24 hours again and had to go potentially play 40 again. Seth Lundy was a boy. He's about five minutes above his average last night. I think he was 37 minutes and averaging he's around 37. Yeah. 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 He's 37. I'm reading the stats. Right. Uh, yeah, and like that's having that's he, if you're just going to be that, Go ahead, Mark. No, if you, like as you said, if you're going to be in that half court pace, you're not going to be running the gun. And maybe they'll try try it in spurts, just to get Ohio State maybe out of rhythm or something like that. But and he subs, and I think Mike Shrewsbury seemed to substitute pretty frequently. You know, last night obviously. But I think if you can run a little bit in spurts, even though that's not you know, seemingly their style, maybe just to do something to get Ohio State out of kilter, maybe in stretches. I could be wrong about that, but it just seems like you want to, at this point in the tournament, you want to, I think you want to to test your your athleticism uh, against a team if you have uh, that athleticism athleticism to test over somebody like Ohio State. Right. Well, again, neither team wants to play at a blistering pace now. I was kidding around with Johnny Holiday, who does Maryland, and he says, he says, now, you know, Penn State had not played him. He says, how do you play? And I said, slow. I said, but it's perfect. (laughs) I said, but it's perfect for my play by play. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but you got to have some fun in life, Mark, okay? No doubt. (laughs) uh, Yeah, you got to do that. But yeah, that's. so that's the matchup tonight. Uh, the Indiana-Michigan game today was bizarre uh, because they were Michigan's up 17. Juwan Howard, of course, gets booed left and right. <laughs> uh, with, you know, coming in. With, you, know, you expected that. Um, but uh, Indiana, which never does well in this tournament, they don't. Uh, that was uh, that's the odd part. I mean, Indiana's never won the thing. In fact, I don't even think Indiana's been to the finals. That's crazy. Is that right? I don't think okay. Indiana <laughs> has ever been to the finals of this tournament. Wow, that's one of those strange but true facts. Then that one I wouldn't know, and that one if you were telling me that, I would say no. I can't possibly believe that. <laughs> but that's fascinating. Yeah. E.J. Liddell this season, by the way, has 18 free throw attempts against mm. Penn State in the two games. Penn State as a team has 29. Yeah, <laughs> in the two games. Discuss the uh, that was you know topic a uh, conversation I mean, a couple of weeks ago, obviously about the uh, the foul shooting and uh, I don't know if there's, if there's been a bit of an equilibrium 
uh, on no. that. Um, uh, probably no. not terribly, they, but it maybe maybe at no, least they, they, you know got some notice. Yeah, they went they went to Illinois a week ago and got outscored fifteen to one at the free throw line. <laughs> so that, no, that's so that was a week I just, ago. I think they so. shot fifteen last night, right? And uh, a lot of you know something had to do just the second half of the yeah. Um, well, again, they just they ran them out of gas. I think it's the first yeah. question I asked Micah. I said, Micah, I said, do you feel like you just ran this team out of gas? And he goes, mm-hmm. yeah, essentially. Essentially they did. What do you think of the uh, conference tournaments have been with us for a long time? And it used to be that the ACC winner, the only the only one that got the bid was the ACC. That's why they started opening up the tournament more. Yeah. What do you, th- what do you think of conference tournaments? To me, there's a fun lead-ins to the NCAAs because – you can get quirky results out of that, and I, I think the quirky result kind of sets us up for NCAA tournaments too, because then we look forward to stuff like that. Smaller conference tournaments, really, to me, are um, probably. Yeah, I think they mean a lot more in, in a tournament like this. And I mean, you know, a Big Ten tournament. Who, you know, really, who can you say is going to come out of this to win this? I mean, you might, you probably would say Illinois ultimately, but. Could you really conceive of a uh, of Wisconsin or Purdue um, being outsiders and, and not having a chance to win? Heck, even Rutgers, I don't know, the hot hand kind of thing. That's why I like that. I think where it sets up, uh, like I said, is it sets you up for um, the, the way the NCAA tournament is going to, uh, um, you know, the hot teams getting into the NCAA tournament, too. I think it works much better than a conference tournament. Um in you know, conference championships, so to speak, in college football. Bruce Weber uh, is now done as the head coach at Kansas State. And now, obviously, you and I know Bruce Weber. Penn State fans probably don't remember him coaching at Illinois, but he brought Illinois to the national championship game in 2005 before they lost to North Carolina. Uh, but he made some interesting statements after the game last night. And... Uh, he said he would not cut his hair until the NCAA uh, took care of the FBI situation. Now, you and I both know the NCAA is not taking care of the FBI situation. And he said he was he was talking with Lon Kruger, and he said he you know he said I've kind of you know, now he still wants to coach, mm-hmm. right? so it's not like he doesn't want to coach anymore. But what does it tell I me? And the NCAA building is four blocks from me here right now. <laughs> uh, um, uh, and he said last night, he said, um, he said, I don't understand why. He says he talked to Lon Kruger, and, and three of the four teams that have been hit with the uh, by the FBI are in the are going to the NCAA tournament again. What's the problem here? Normally, uh, most people I don't know about your area of the world, but most people mm-hmm. think the FBI is you know. Yeah, pretty reputable investigative unit. You left me a little speechless on that one. I, I, I mean, I know isn't Bruce Weber like on some sort of committee? In the he said, I think I remember reading that he's on like the anti ethics committee or something yes. like that. So he should, yeah, he should know about that sort of thing. Um, you know. If the end, you know, the FBI and the NCAA, I don't know, are, you know, strange bedfellows yeah. in that sense. And you know, a, a two-year probe into basketball—are they, 
are they holding out for some sort of smoking gun? Um, is, is that the issue? Can they not get people to, to you know, their subpoena's not working? Can they not get people to testify? Are they not finding the right, um, in, you know, are they not you know finding the stuff that gets them uh, the you know, not convictions or at least just gets them the evidence they, you know, that they need? Um, I'm at a loss on that one. Maybe I would go back to what Jerry Tarkanian said years ago. <laughs> paraphrasing. Uh, oh, did he say oh, that, that I, they got so okay. mad at there's, North Carolina that they just sanctioned Cleveland State again? Was that the quote? Or am I yeah, I think I, they're so mad at Kentucky they put Wichita <laughs> State on probation. Yeah, I just got yeah. the teams wrong. So, yeah. Yeah, Wichita State. <laughs> Mark, let me give you just for a I know you got to get going here. But I'll give you one of the great stories ever. I, I go into – Joe Paterno office, right? And it was something we had to do something. I don't know, it was before a blue-white game or something like that, okay? So they said, hey, go on in. You know, he's in there with another coach right now. I said, oh, okay, great. So I walk in. You know who the other coach was? Jerry you said Jerry Tarkanian, I am going yes. to lose it. <laughs> it was Jerry Tarkanian. I was sitting there like going, hi. <laughs> like it was under the category of, the last person I expected to see there. Hey, Steve, how are you? I haven't seen you since Madison, you know, since Madison Square Garden. I said, "Yeah, great to see you again, Coach." I'm thinking, "Why are you here?" Was this UNLV Jerry Tarkanian, or was this, this, he, he, this um, was Fresno State Fresno State Jerry Tarkanian? Yeah, okay, I was like, but it was under the category of. Okay, if I had a list of five people, I would never expect to see when I walked they in. They would be five thousand on that list. <laughs> he'd be one of the five. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah. really, <laughs> Coach? Great to see you. <laughs> oh, to be in on that conversation. Oh, Joe's like, hey, Jerry, thanks so much. I'm like, oh, no. okay. <laughs> I, I did not. Uh, when I then had the chance to sit down with Joe, I did not ask him why Jerry Tarkady was there. I just went right to the interview and just kept going. <laughs> uh, I thought you'd appreciate that story. Very much so. so. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Oh, God. A long-time right, UNLV fan way back in the day of that 1990 team. Oh, and what a um, team that was. Oh Yeah, I still goodness. contend the 91 team is the best starting five put on a college basketball court. And, uh, you know, I don't know. The FBI is still probing those five guys. Who knows? Oh, doesn't matter to me now. It was a lot of fun <laughs> yeah. to watch. And, and you know what? They kind of played the game back in that era. Do you agree that we're seeing actually in the NBA today in some ways? I think so. Yeah, very a little bit. Yeah. I don't follow a ton of NBA basketball, but I can see what you're saying, where you're where you're coming from with yeah. that. Yeah, wide open, moving, passing, yep. cutting. The, you yep. know, exactly. shots. Yeah, Larry Johnson obviously could finish, and mm. Stacy Ogman uh, could control the game. And it was just really, it's fun talking to every sport with you. Mm. I enjoy it. Yeah, I well, appreciate I mean, it. I, I'm just bringing up Larry Johnson. Take the shot at gets Duke. Come on. Come on. Exactly. Eleven seconds left in the in the in the semifinal. Take the shot. Take the shot. This is Anderson Hunt. Oh. <laughs> no, right? Well, it was like watching Wisconsin the other day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Brad Davidson has the ball at the top of the key. He gives it up to the freshman. Right, Pepper. right. I'm like, going, I'm like Brad, <laughs> take the shot. <laughs> it's like, I got a choice when you and Chucky Hepburn. It's not close. <laughs> oh, well. Okay. Hey, always fun ta- talking. Yeah, like, appreciate you're the it. Thanks, Steve. Enjoy the night. Yeah, it's like it's like these are supposed to be interviews, and Mark and I just talk. 
So, exactly. <laughs> thanks, my friend. Appreciate, Appreciate you. Appreciate it. Thanks. Mark Wogerich, SI.com. I, I know Doug from Wellsboro called. Right, and the problem is when I'm on the road like this, I don't have the communication center that I usually have when I'm at at home base in the Sunbury Motors studio. So, Doug, if you could call back, I guess he wanted to talk about Jim Beheim, uh, which is really cool because like Matt wants to talk about Jim Beheim, and for some reason, <laughs> Matt wanted to rant and complain. Well, I wasn't surprised by his answer. He's 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 also I put him in the dope category too. I, I my only answer to to what Beheim said is this: Would he have a different answer if it wasn't his son? Exactly. I mean, you know, I mean that is one of the issues when you're doing this. I mean, if they if they said because I mean I've you know I'm sure Luke's punch mark before. Uh, you know, inadvertently, but but you would defend him, and Lisa and Lisa would get mad. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that, sure. Matt discipline him. Can imagine that happening. <laughs> but call a hey, Doug call back. I'd love to hear what Doug has to say about that. All right, and Jim Beheim's not a dope. Don't do that. Right? You've never met him. I've met him. He's far more personable than, and now Julie Bayham's very personable, but he's far more personable. Okay. But I know you you don't like him. You don't like anybody. Do you like anybody? <laughs> I do, but Whoa. just not that type of personality, I guess. Who do you like? Uh, right now? I mean, I mean, when it comes to liking things, you like when, when people you don't like fail. I mean, that's one that you do like. You like people <laughs> that you don't like who fail. Because w- when you act like you're the, you're the, you're the end-all, be-all, like Jim Beheim does occasionally, and I, I get it. He's got the resumes. You know, he's a Hall of Fame coach. I understand that. But just, I don't know, the way he treats the media sometimes like that, that just kind of just rubs me the wrong way. Well, I'll say this: the media person that brought it up to him didn't back down to him. He did not back. Yeah, down. Yeah, and good for him. And, and and the media person, and they have not been able to identify who that was, was not wrong. That person that made the comment to him was not wrong, right? He said we we agree to disagree. Now this is one of those that's pretty clear cut what happened. Uh, th- that in terms of the response, whether Buddy Bayheim got bumped down the floor or not, it was the response at the end where he turned up, boom, and he gave him a shot. I'm sorry, that's not inadvertent. It's just not. Now, do I suspend him for a conference tournament game? Now I'm debating what to do about that, especially when the officials in the game didn't call it. That, that then becomes a debate. How do I handle this? Right, because the officials in the game called nothing, and they got people standing right there. You didn't see it. All right, uh, there's three of them out there. Did I ever give you the Dick Carter quote that he told me years years no. ago? College basketball used to have two officials, so in the '82 '83 season, they brought in a third official. 
So I'm doing the pregame show with Dick Harder, and I asked him, I said, you know, what about the addition of a third official on the floor? And he looked at me and says, Steve, that's one more guy and screw up. We'll come back with more in a moment here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. 